Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota, focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota, and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen, and you're listening to the Makers of Minnesota. And thank you for joining us today. I believe we are on episode 83 or 84. Sometimes I don't look at in advance, which I should, but I didn't. And I'm really excited about this episode. I'm here with Corey Robinson, and she is with a company called The Cookie Creative. Um, Corey, I first ran into you at the River Place Farmers Market that I was programming, and you had these just beautifully designed sugar cookies and you had really cool packaging and I thought wow this is like a total business that this person has not that you know it's not like you're a bakery you're literally doing like cookies full-time I'm kind of obsessed with them to be honest I follow you on Instagram and every time you post I just like wow my mom was a good cookie decorator so it kind of reminds me of her a little bit yeah um you and the way you package them and the way that you put them together like so an example might be you have a little kid that's having a birthday party you know you've got unicorn cookies you've got cookies with her name on it you've got cookies with flowers that go with the theme it's all just really really sweet how did you learn how to do this um you know i've been doing it actually since i was a little kid and um i don't know basically i just like do anything that was crafty or, or artistic or fun. Were you a painter? Um, yep, I, I like to do watercolor. You know, I, honestly, just anything that was artistic that I could get my hands on, I would love to do. So um, I've been making these. I started with my mom and my friend Betsy Hansen's mom and Betsy uh-huh. when I was a little kid, probably like 10, 11, 12. Um, and then as I got older, I learned how to make Real Royal Icing, which was such a game changer. And let's talk about that, because I know you do classes about this and help people. Real Royal Icing is different than what other kind of icing? Um, So before I would do just a glaze, which is like powdered sugar and, um, you know, milk or water. And Royal Icing is a little different because it's actually a confection. It's a candy type item and it dries hard. Um. And it's really great to decorate with because um, it's just extremely fluid. It flows into just a smooth, glassy surface when you're using it. Um, And you can also use it to create decorative elements by um, increasing the thickness of it. So you can do things like roses and floral decor and um, just very intricate piping work and things like that. And it comes in... So you color it, right? I color it, yep. So I make it from scratch, and I actually um, make a vegan version of it. So um, usually people use egg whites to make it, and instead of using egg whites, I use something called aquafaba. Um, And what that is, it's basically the water drained off of chickpeas. It sounds really strange. No, I totally (laughs) know this stuff. Oh, that's great. This viscous substance. Yeah, and it has the same protein structure as egg whites, so it works in exactly the same way. And in all honesty, um, I made the switch to using it um, fairly recently, but I started developing a recipe maybe like eight months before that Mm -hmm. using it, and I like it so much better than using egg whites or meringue powder. Um, But 
Um, I use that, and then you just add powdered sugar to that little cream of tartar to stabilize it, and you whip it up, and it turns into this beautiful marshmallowy confection that you can decorate with, and it's just so much fun. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, your cookies are so beautiful too. I, it doesn't surprise me that you have some proprietary way of doing this because. <laughs> You know, they're just, they're really elegant looking. Oh, thank you. And, and do they last? Like if you, it looks like they're kind of not shelf stable, but it looks like they last for a while too. They do. Yep. As far as eating them, I, I give them about two weeks for a shelf. Uh-huh. Like if they're packaged. Um, but my mom has cookies that I decorated as a little kid, you know, as Christmas ornaments that yeah. are still on the tree. And that was a really long time ago. So, the, you, you know, know, we have those too. You do. Yeah. Oh, My cute. mom, we <laughs> would make cookies when we were little and we would Aww. save a certain amount of them as decorations. Aww, that's so, isn't that so fun? Yeah. We would have a, a kid tree and a parent tree, I guess. Oh. Um, What made you decide, you've always been a creative person, what made you decide, like, hey, I really love doing these cookies, this is a business for me? Um, You know, I always wanted to start my own business. Um, You know, since I was a little kid, I was always, like, doing different business ideas. Like, I had a little jewelry business as a kid. I always sold lemonade, stuff like that. You were very entrepreneurial, like... Yeah, I always kind of had that in me. So it was always in the back of my mind that I wanted to do something like that. And then um, Cottage Food Law changed. Yes. Yeah. And when Cottage Food Law changed and opened up so that I could sell cookies direct to clients, I was like, this is this is a game changer for me. And I noticed that there weren't many people doing what I was doing in the Twin Cities yet. So I just decided to go for it. And then around that time, I also moved into the A-Mill and we had our first maker's market. So I was like, okay, here's something that I can sell at this maker's market. So I'm going to go for it. And it went super well. Like I was not expecting it to go as well as it did. I sold out um, before the market was even over. And I just was elated. Like I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Um, and so after that, I just I started posting, you know, to Instagram all the time and the response was so great. I mean, everybody in Minneapolis and St. Paul has been so welcoming and wonderful. And I started to get invited to do styled shoots and just um, interacting with all these different people in the business community and events planning community. And I just can't say enough good things about, you know, just that sense of community here in Minneapolis and the reciprocity and how everybody just kind of helps each other out to to grow and thrive. So. <laughs> One of the other um, ways that I came across you was more recently. I did a um, I did a social media event, okay. and we had different stylists come and decorate tables. Oh. And uh, there was a gentleman named Anthony who had a table. Oh, Anthony! Yeah, so and great. he had a package that was on the styled table as part of his decor. Yeah, and you opened up the package, and there was a cookie that. The design matched, it was an animal, it was like a leopard, yes. and that design matched the plate. Yeah. And that was your cookie. Yeah. Oh, do you do a lot fun. of that for like styled events or weddings? Um, I Yeah, I do a lot of that. Usually people just send me some element of their decor, whether it be an invitation. In that case, Anthony just sent me a plate and uh-huh. was like, just go off of this. And he did the beautiful packaging for that because I, I saw the pictures. I they were able gorgeous. To be there, but yeah. He picked out this beautiful 
in a white box to put them in and everything just flowed together so well. But yeah, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. How did you know, like, okay, you decide you're going to do this, you do it at a maker's market. And Amel, by the way, if you don't know, is a very cool place. It is <laughs> run by a company called Dominium and they mm-hmm. took this old um, milling loft and they turned it into a artist space. They have one in St. Paul as well. And you, I'm not sure how it works, but if you're an artist, you can pay like a portion of your income because obviously a lot of artists don't make a ton of money. So it allows you to have like a creative space, a creative community, live in a cool space, but also still produce your art, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I love that that company does that. I wish we had more spaces like that in the yeah. Twin Cities. Yeah. It is just so wonderful. I can't say enough good things. Because it does impact, like if I look at you as a maker and mm-hmm. that's your core business is making cookies or part of it, you probably couldn't necessarily have that flexibility to pursue that as a business unless you had some help, right? Yeah, it it honestly has been so helpful from, you know, everything from the spaces that are available to use. You know, I use email for a lot of my workshops and, um, you know, just the events and different things that we do where we're able to interact with the public. It's just been wonderful. What made you decide to, you go from you're making cookies and you're packaging them and selling them to that you would have classes for people to teach them how to do this? Why was that interesting for you? I guess I just always kind of wanted to teach it as well. It just sounded like something that would be super fun to, um, you know, get a group of people together and teach them how to do it. So uh, that was just always in the plan, I guess, for my business. But um yeah, the first one that I hosted, um, I actually teamed up with Holly Nolan of Pipeline Cookie, and we did one together um, at the email. Uh, gosh, I believe that was the summer of 2016. Uh-huh. And it was just so much fun. I decided, okay, this is definitely a thing that we're going to have to keep on doing. So, um, yeah, continued on that path. And I don't know, usually I try to teach about three a year of big workshops, and then I'll do just one-on-ones with people as well. Do you worry about like competition? Like if you teach somebody how to do this and they're really good at it, that then they'd be competitive with you in the sales field? No, not really. Honestly, I think there's enough business for everybody. And I actually have, there have been a lot of people that have come to my workshops that have also started cottage food businesses. And, you know, I just, I'm happy to teach them. Yeah. I'm not too worried about it, honestly. If you think about all the different bakeries and um, places to buy, like a wedding cake in the Twin Cities that are thriving and doing great, like I really think that we can all, you know, all do business and it'll be fine. Um, Yeah. And as far as people in the cookie community, Mm -hmm. too, because there have been a lot of businesses in the last couple of years that have popped up, we're I don't know. It's so great. We refer to each other when we're too busy and it's, you know, there are, are some great companies out there. Too. Do you have like a set amount of cookies you can make in a week, like realistically before you start running out of time? <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> I think the max I ever did in a week was probably 675. Yeah. And you, And it just, that felt like a lot. That was a lot. Yeah. That was a lot of cookies. Yeah. Yeah. Your hand starts to cramp a little bit, you know, have to go to the chiropractor after that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, One of the things I noticed that you do is, so you're doing cutouts. Mm -hmm. Do you always buy, like, this is the unicorn cutout. One of the things I noticed that you do is you will buy different shapes and turn them into something that the cutter wasn't necessarily intended for. 
Yes, absolutely. So can you give me an example of like one of those where you see a shape and you make it into something else? Sure. Um, Well, uh, I recently did these tiny little birthday cake cookies. And to make that shape, I actually took a rectangular cookie cutter um, and bent it to turn it into like sort of, you know, the perspective of a cake sitting on a table. So top and bottom are rounded. And then I took another little cutter that is like a very small rectangle and cut that to turn it into the candle on the top so you kind of just stick them together and then put them in the oven and they bake together and oh that's smart yeah it works out pretty well it's not the most time efficient thing always but yeah how (laughs) long do you think it takes you to design one cookie oh goodness it totally depends on the cookie but i do you know, I have different price tiers for different cookies, you know, just depending on the level of detail and the amount of des- or the, you know, type of design that I'm working on. What do they range from? Um, so f- they start at $4 a cookie and then I go up to, you know, $5, $6 plus. Sure. You know, if they're really intricate or hand painted where it's basically like an illustration on a cookie, they can get a little pricier. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it does take a lot of time and detail work. Are there other um, bakers or people in town that you just like admire and you look at their work or even out of town? Do you follow people on Instagram to get inspiration? I follow all these people on Instagram, yeah. Recently, um, Ink Sweets, she does some really awesome cakes. Awesome cakes. And she does cookies too. Um, Yeah, Amy's Cupcake Shop is a good one to follow. I just found her actually. Polka Dot Cookie. There's so many good ones, yeah. Um, how do people find out about you usually? Do you market at all? I don't really market that much. Mostly it's, you know, community events for sure. But I would say, you know, at this point, a lot of referrals. But in the beginning, Instagram. Just everybody came to me through Instagram. So you made a business on Instagram. Basically. Yeah, and it's free. Are you noticing that since they've changed the Instagram algorithm that you're noticing less traffic or less orders? Because that's happened within the last month. Surprisingly, no. no. No? Okay. I, You know, I've heard about it and I have, you know, just tried not to think about it too much. Sure. How to side out of mind. Can't yeah, control it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to have to deal with this. But no, I haven't really noticed any issues. And, you know, with the Instagram stories, too, it's kind of good. You can use that to just, you know, notify people of a new post if you want to. Um, but yeah. Um, Zoe Bakes is a friend of mine, and she's really blown out. I don't know if you've seen her Instagram stories. She really has taken that medium to, I feel like, the next level where she's doing a cooking class almost in a story. Yeah, um, and it's really increased her engagement and increased yeah. her following. So that might be something because it is fun to watch. Um, I think I've seen you do some videos. It's fun to watch along and see you start it like from beginning to end in the fast motion. Yeah, yeah. I don't do that as much anymore, but I really should be doing more of it. They are so fun to watch. Um, are they hard to produce and that's why you don't do them more? Yeah, I guess so. Honestly, like a lot of times I'm just really busy, you know, working on the, the cookies yeah. themselves. And I just have a tendency to take on a lot of things <laughs> where I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I have this many cookies to make and how much time? So at that point, I'm like, you know, every second counts and you're not necessarily able to do the videos. But I want to do more of them. Um, I follow Sugar and Bloom Cakes uh-huh. on Instagram, too. I don't know if you follow her. Uh-uh. But she does start to finish, you know, decorating a cake. And I'm, like, addicted to watching her videos. Yeah, I like them, that. too. They're so fun. 
Is it um, a business where, like, are you going to max out at some point and are you okay with that? Or then can you, like, hire an apprentice and then you can grow that way? Or is growth even something you're interested in? I, You're so creative. Um, you know, I am not really sure what the future holds. I have a few ideas in mind as far as how I'd like the business to grow. And most of it involves um, the workshop and teaching aspect of it. Uh-huh. Uh, but... I definitely, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of a go-with-the-flow type of person, so I guess we'll see what develops. Do you follow a pinch of yum? No. It, it's something I would recommend to you because what they started out as, it's a woman who was a recipe developer and a blogger, mm-hmm. and then she got married, and he was kind of the tech side. And together, they've really built up quite a following, and I think they have like eight employees now. Mm-hmm. And what they started out with was, you know, developing recipes. Then they started to create a software that you could use to implement your ingredients and to print out like a card. And then now they're almost a social media company that's teaching other people how to be a social media company in the food world. And I could see you maybe like that could be if you like teaching and you like the business of the teaching, maybe making that the next part of the business where they're creating less but telling you how to do it more. Yeah, that sounds yeah, I like that. I'm gonna have to give them Yeah, a it's pretty interesting. And they, they monetize it by having like, you know, you can belong to a society, you can listen to their they do a podcast about what they do. Cool. Yeah. So just something interesting for you to check out. Yeah. Uh, it's the cookiecreative.com. People can find you there. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other um, inspirations in the Twin Cities, other like industries or art or music or things that inspire you? Mm, gosh, there's so many inspiring things in the Twin Cities. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely a lot of music creatives inspired music in the Twin Cities. Um, honestly, everything I see could potentially inspire me. Yeah. You know, there's just... Um, anything from like a textile to a watercolor painting or, you know, interior design. Gosh, stuff around you. It's inspiring everywhere. Yeah. It, or the snow today as much as I wish I know. It is just totally but, snowing outside and it's yeah, April. Well, yeah. this will air in a couple of weeks and hopefully by then there'll be some blooms that'll be coming up. But for now, we're just yeah. snow. But it sure is pretty. It is pretty. It is very pretty. Thank you for joining me today. Well, I really appreciate so hearing about your me. business. It's the cookiecreative.com, Corey Robinson, and you can find her and place your cookie order.